0: Hello guys and welcome to another edition of Radcloss. Now today we're trialling something a little bit different because we're fortunate enough to have not just one guest but
1: two. So yeah, today we're going to be speaking to Dr James Hare and Dr Dina Hickmat who are both new consultants that we knew as registrars and we're going to be discussing the transition to becoming a new consultant because it's definitely uh, one of those tricky periods. So first, thanks to both of you for taking the time out of your busy consultant schedules to speak to us. Um, so if you could just start by both introducing yourselves and telling us where you're working now.
2: Hi, I'm Dina. Uh, I'm an MSK consultant at the newly merged Liverpool University Hospitals Foundation Trust, oh. previously Aintree <laughs> University Hospital. Nice.
3: Uh, my name's Jim. I'm a consultant at Warrington Hospital.
0: Nothing more. No, no, no backstory. Uh, <laughs> Any area of special
1: interest I just do all the pies um,
3: I'm a radiologist with a special interest In paediatric imaging But a general, generalist um, And so yeah. how long have you guys been consultants for?
2: This is my 7th month as a consultant okay. Yeah. And
3: this is my 5th month as a consultant mm. And you loving consultant life how is it?
2: Loving consultant life <laughs> um, I definitely feel a lot more settled now 7 months in than when I first started But yeah definitely enjoying it
3: yeah, I'm enjoying it too. It's uh, it's nice to be in one place and be able to focus all your efforts on what you're doing there and kind of build something for a bit longer than you get a chance to yeah. as a reg with the kind of shortish rotations. Make
0: friends and then you move on and have to mm. make first impressions all over again.
3: Well, yeah. I, I'd worked where I'd worked before. I think you had too.
2: Yeah. So I trained in the, the Mersey region and I've rotated through all these hospitals and one of them was Aintree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Okay, so did you go straight into um, consultant job, or did you do a fellowship first, Deena?
2: So I did a year of MSK fellowship, and I did stay in the region, so mm-hmm. in Liverpool, Royal Liverpool Hospital, and I really enjoyed my fellowship year. Yeah. No regrets in no regrets. starting consultant <laughs> life. <laughs>
1: and what were your reasons for doing a fellowship?
2: Um, I just felt like I needed more time doing MSK, so purely dedicated MSK work with no on calls because as I'm sure everyone has the same experience, you do on calls, you have annual leave, study yeah. leave, and you just, just feel like you're there, never yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, it was a, a personal choice. I needed more time.
1: And definitely beneficial. You think. Oh, definitely beneficial, idea. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that you would have been ready at the end of final year to go straight into a consultant job? Um,
2: I think so. You would have probably had the same learning curve as I did in my fellowship here. You would have just been a consultant because everyone is so supportive when you start anyway. But for me now, when I started the consultant job after a year of fellowship, I was more than happy doing ultrasound lists and not asking as many questions as I did during the fellow year.
0: But presumably during your um, fellowship year, you're just doing MSK stuff, aren't you? So That's right. You yeah. get, and then you've taken the consultant job where you do general work as well mm. and you're back like general yeah, yeah, years, yeah, that was Post-surgical uh... abdomen. So do you get yes, a bit, a bit rusty?
2: Oh, God, yeah, I was, that was definitely a shock to the system. Yeah. I had to go back and read through my own <laughs> on-call <laughs> reports. I'm like, what did I used to say for this? <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah, De- hence why I'm more settled in now <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing CT because I definitely did not do any general CT in the last year. Yeah, a year of no general CT and then back into it. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: great. <laughs> Whereas you, Jim, you were just like ready to go. Couldn't wait to start.
3: Well, it was slightly different because <laughs> um, I did the peds training so i was Mm -hmm. did did spend a year at older hay in my fifth year which is sort of like a fellowship Mm -hmm. um but not quite maybe as specialized as msk and i still did a bit of ct Mm -hmm. um and i felt looking at the fellowships that were available all involved quite a lot of upheaval and with a a young family um i just thought the best decision for me as a generalist and my family was to uh, crack on and um apply for a consultant job. Um, So if I was going to do peds as a subspecialty in a tertiary hospital, I probably would have
1: done a fellowship. But Mm. for what I wanted, I don't think a fellowship would have been particularly beneficial, to be honest. So Dina, was it always your intention to work in a teaching hospital?
2: Um, So every placement I went to, DGH and tertiary centres, I enjoyed every placement. So it was really difficult to choose where I wanted (laughs) to work. And I did consider working in a DGH actually. Um, but I'm very glad I'm in a tertiary centre. It's nice having other colleagues who have been doing this job for a while because it's nice to have that support. Mm. And that's definitely what I wanted from starting as a new consultant.
0: Did you ever consider going abroad for your fellowship?
2: Um, no, I mean, similar to Jim, I had family reasons for staying okay. in Liverpool. So I didn't really look further afield. <laughs> yeah. That's fair.
1: So when you were at Alderhay, obviously, you were doing the Alderhay on calls. Yeah. There, so you weren't doing much in the way of adult stuff. And so you were straight from Alderhay to Warrington or did you have a, any sort of... I had a whole three and a half weeks off in between. <laughs> which was, it was glorious, but I had lots more plans than
3: I could actually fulfil in that, that short time. But it was nice to have a bit of time off without using up annual leave. Yeah. Um, whilst I was at Alderhay, I did do a few adult locum shifts at the on-call hub. And did a few uh, plain film sessions of adult work to keep my keep my toes in the water, as it <laughs> were, because I knew I was heading back to the, uh, the adult world afterwards. And similar to what Dina was saying, I picked a, a DGH, but not particularly because I wanted to be at a DGH, but I picked it more on the mix of personalities that were there and who I knew would be my consultant colleagues, because I agree that the support that you have in your first couple of years is really important. Mm. Um, And I picked a job somewhere where I knew it would be an easy transition to to becoming a consultant, as easy as it it can be, because of the colleagues that would be Mm. around. Do you think it helps to take a consultant job where you were a registrar in terms of getting more
0: support and more
3: leeway? Not, well, definitely, but not only that, I think it'd be really difficult applying for a job in a department you've never worked in yeah. because you just wouldn't know what the uh, what the atmosphere mm. was like. Um, it could be a toxic atmosphere where there's bullying and harassment and things like that. But if you work there, you know the personalities, mm. you know how things work. And I think it'd be really, really difficult to apply somewhere where you didn't know and you'd really have to do your, your groundwork and your due diligence by visiting it on a few different occasions yeah. before, mm. uh, before applying. Um, what about you, Dina? Yeah,
2: I mean... It's definitely a bonus working somewhere where I know the department and they know me. Um, And like I said, it's just great having the support and everyone is so supportive. I completely agree with Jim. You definitely, if you're going to move out of the region, you're going to go to a hospital, you definitely need to do some research. Because the job is definitely all about the people. As much as it is about the job, it's definitely about the people. Mm. Um, But I feel like wherever you go, people will be supportive. You just have to, I don't know, spend time maybe? I don't know. (laughs) It's obviously to easy get to, to that do that point when you're on rotation. I yeah, think, exactly. So. It's easier knowing the hospitals if you're mm. rotating through them.
3: Some people might say, though, if you work in a hospital they have been at as a reg and yeah. come back as a consultant, do people carry on treating you yeah. as a reg? Have you found yeah. that at all?
2: Um, so I went back to Aintree after two years, probably. So there was a bit of a gap. Mm. Um, I don't think so. I think I've had a, I've had a good experience so far. Um
3: Do you feel
0: you have to like make a statement and
2: change something to mark the transition <laughs> from?
1: Like still out so, your yeah. heels oh, and yeah. your know, your sleep black hair and your um your twin twist
3: uh yeah I thought of um throughout my reg years I wore chinos and a shirt. <laughs> And I thought of making the transition to wearing a suit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in, that, in, the, in those three and a half weeks, I didn't actually uh, get around to buying any suits. Right. So I'm still going to work in chinos and shirts. And nothing's really changed. Have you found that there's been a big step up in responsibility? Um, in my final year as a reg, I was verifying my own reports and dealing with most on-call queries and vetting scans and protocoling them. So um, in terms of actual work it wasn't a huge amount of step up. Um, The workload was a step up, the Um, number-wise. At Warrington we get allocated scans, so I had to start doing what everyone else was doing. Actually, they gave me a reduced number of scans for the first few months I was there to kind of help me Mm. get up to speed, uh, because it's a different pace of work compared to being at a tertiary hospital. Um, But that was the main step up, rather than the actual work itself. and hadn't been doing lung biopsies before and one of the senior consultants who was retiring trained mm-hmm. me up on, on lung biopsies for the first few months.
2: As a consultant? As a consultant. That's the first time you'd
3: done them. Well, I'd done them as a third-year edge, but... It's mm-hmm. different to the... Yeah, uh, yeah. We've, all done, we've so, all done lung biopsies, haven't uh? yeah. we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's very... Someone stood right there. I can, I can confirm that it's very different when yeah. you're in that room on your you're own yourself, and yeah. having to make the decision about... Uh, do you stop the procedure now? Do you carry on? <laughs> <laughs> is <a> test <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that that that's probably been one of the, the steepest learning curves. Um, right. Actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, I will say. I mean, the thing I've noticed is yet yeah, the amount you're expected to report. Because I've done some sessions with you, you're now the consultant, and um, you'll do like 12, 15 fifteen MRs in a session or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. In the time I've reported three MRs, you've finished your whole session. And I'm thinking you're only a couple of years older than uh, above me, and I can't imagine you were doing that as a senior red. So how do you make that transition?
3: It's probably a combination of just volume. The, the more you look at things, the uh, easier you, you find it to report because you've used the same phrases before, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you're seeing similar scans, um, and also the. One thing that makes a big difference is I don't have to wait around to check it with anyone before I verify it, which yeah. is a big pain when you're a trainee. We've all been there, hovering outside a consultancy door. Well, like, oh, I hope they'll check it before they go home. Uh, so yeah, you, you just do get a little bit quicker from the volume you, you report. Um,
2: I agree. I mean, I found. Um the actual clinical work is not an issue at all. But um, for me, I did verify my own scans towards the end and towards the end of the fellowship as well. But I did slow down when, when I started as a consultant. Mm. I'm like, okay, this is, it's just me. This mm. is the end of this. <laughs> this is where it ends. No one's <laughs> going to look at your scan yes, exactly. again until it t- comes up in a discrepancy and was, <laughs> Exactly. So I was extremely thorough and I probably spent um, more time than I would have as a reg mm. or as a fellow. Mm. And I'm trying to speed up. But the good thing about starting as a consultant, the first year is, it's not quite a grace period, but they do appreciate that this is your first year as a consultant. So your numbers are not scrutinised as much as they would be later on in your career.
0: Are there people who scrutinise your numbers? Is there pressure to...
2: So you have an appraisal, so it's the same, I guess, Mm. as your ARCP. They will review everything. They will actually look at your reporting numbers.
3: Mm. So... Where you work, are you allocated work or just told to do as much as you can no. off a list?
2: So we have specialty folders, so we pick from the specialty folder. No allocation, apart from plain films.
3: So in a four-hour period, you just get through as much as there you can? There is an
2: expectation, yeah. So they would say 15 scans in four hours.
3: Okay, there is an expectation. There is an expectation, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas, uh, where I work is a bit different and you just get allocated that work. So okay. it, it removes... From what I've heard in other departments, sometimes there can be some people who fly through scans, some people who are very slow <laughs> and cherry pick, and yeah. it kind can of cause a bit of friction. Yeah. Um, so I guess this way works from, from that point of view. Mm. Um, if you finish your scans
0: um, that you're allocated for the session, can you then go home or go to lunch early?
3: Um, that hasn't ever really happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's always other things to do, such as emails to reply to, trainees work to check, yeah. Um, mm. Vetting to do, so uh, I haven't really ever seen anyone chip off at 3pm. Um, <laughs> I'm sure some of my colleagues are able to get through their scans yeah. uh, rapidly, but no, it, there's always work, other work to
2: do.
1: Yeah.
0: And what do you do now if you don't know the answer? Can you still ask people for help? oh yeah definitely yeah. they probably fed up with me but I, <laughs> I still
2: go and knock on their doors whether it's MSK or non-MSK related questions that's the beauty of the department you have so many experts around you yeah. why not ask them
3: yeah, definitely and have uh, you heard that saying that a poorly functioning department is one where no one asks anyone any questions mm. um, it's, it's definitely a, a sign of a good department when colleagues are asking each other questions because no one knows everything yeah. and I'm very lucky to sit in a, an office with at least two very wise consultants who are usually around to ask questions yeah. uh, but I found that the questions I asked more of as a young consultant are less about the clinical findings and more about management issues yeah, and uh, kind of which direction to point the clinician in mm. um, and how best to kind of get a patient into the right management plan or a clinic um, rather than actually the findings but it's mm. definitely uh, an important thing to have people that you trust that you can uh, ask questions of
2: yeah and similar in mdts if there is something i come across yeah. i just say to them i don't know i'll look into it get back to you and mm. it's I mean it's normal you have a discussion you're still not sure you go back and do a bit more research
0: do you find that in mdts um, the other clinicians take your opinion seriously Do they treat you differently i, I feel like when i'm presenting an mdt I'll present and then the clinicians will just talk to the consultant next to me yeah. and, and as if I yeah. haven't really been yeah, <laughs> presenting
3: the case. Um, do they take your, your words? I from? think they, they do now and there was probably a little bit of a bedding in period yeah. where they, mm. um, they got used to me. But I get the sense now that they're taking what I say, yeah. um, which is nice. And I think that that's the only natural. They have to, they have to yeah. trust you yeah. Yeah. Um, as a radiologist and trust your opinion.
2: No, that's true. It takes time. Once they get to know you and you get to know them, they know what they want a year as well.
0: You're doing MSK, isn't it? So mm. all, all the pods are notoriously difficult to <laughs> do. So, uh, is uh, it well, we harder a, for you?
2: We have really nice orthopedic uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should, have, I should have like, They're uh, all very nice. <laughs> <from> like. <stereotyping laughs> like. Yeah. No, um, I mean, they're all fine. They come to you because they have a question and, they, yeah. and you, you discuss, mm. that's the beauty of it, is that you discuss a case.
0: So I've seen MSK radio just response
2: All was are really nice. <laughs> so no Once you get to know
1: them. <laughs> yeah. um, Acquired taste. Yeah. So what about um, other regs in the department that mm. knew you as a reg? Mm. You, is, uh, yeah, you did say, make sure you couldn't have Dr. Hickmat. Oh, yes, of course.
2: <laughs> Only Dr. Hickmat. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I I don't think um, the relationship has changed with regs. Uh, I probably don't see as much of them as I used to, just because I have my own office and they would come to me (laughs) for checking things, but um, yeah, I guess it's a fine balance once you become a consultant, isn't it? Because you want to... These people, like you said, they will eventually... You will all become my consultant Mm colleagues, so... But when you're a reg and you're the on-call consultant... And you want things done, or maybe, I don't know. I think it's, it is a fine balance mm-hmm. between friendship and yeah. being their boss.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as, as long as the registrars also accept there is sort of a slightly different interaction, like... Yeah, I yeah it's not, like, the, there's a hierarchy. I, yeah, yeah. Be, I, I, as I as think I treat, you, I'd probably where, treat yeah. you a bit differently now that you're consultants, but only within
3: reason. Like, there is a slight
0: difference, yeah. but,
3: mm. yeah. I've felt I'm probably more matey with the Reg's. Than the other consultants, because mm. some, oh, yeah. in a certain <laughs> way, I <laughs> them as well. and work, yeah, yeah, I, I still yeah, probably feel more yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I thought, mm, should I be like that? But
0: uh, so, once you are a consultant, are there still opportunities for continued learning? Do you get a study budget? Oh yeah, study leave stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's
3: Not particularly generous uh, where I am. I think it's 500 pounds for the year, Perfect. and mm. 10 days. So yeah. I used up my proportion over two one-day courses. Yeah. <laughs> but there's lots of other opportunities for development, like meetings and mm. um, grad rounds and things like that.
2: Um, I've, had, I've already had my appraisal as a consultant, and I think it's, um, it's a very supportive system, because, so you again, you have personal development plan, like you do as a reg. And they do take it very seriously from my own experiences because they take your own career progression and your own development as Mm. a consultant quite seriously. So Mm. if you say that you're interested in doing a certain course or you feel this will be of benefit to you, then they will support it because you're going to bring that benefit back to the department. So I found that they were quite supportive with all the courses I wanted to go to. Mm. And I think it's flexible, but I don't know. Maybe that's...
3: Didn't you get more training budget being in a tertiary hospital?
2: Um, I think everyone is uh, feeling the squeeze, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's any different.
3: But
0: is it easier for you, um, Jim, to decide, oh, I want to learn
3: gynae, MR, and just become, like, switch your specialty? Um, (laughs) I've been told that lots of general consultants switch their focus midway through their career. Um, Mm -hmm. Something I'll be looking to pick up in... Maybe the next couple of years would be to start doing CC colons, which I'd have to yeah. go on a course and yeah. then mm. um, and do a certain number supervised. Uh, I think that's that would be a good string to add to my bow. Yeah. But the the courses for that are well over five hundred pounds, so I'd probably yeah. be funding that initially, but on the understanding that it would probably mean that I could pick up more extra work. Yeah, and yeah.
1: probably pay it back that way. Yeah. And yeah. mm. um, so, how do you find the? On calls as a consultant compared to being on the Reg rotor?
2: Um so I, I haven't actually experienced a weekend on call yet. It's gonna this wow. weekend is my wow. first seven weekend. Months. Seven months. It's because I swapped. It was a swap. Because my initial on call was fell on my birthday. And I'm like, I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> Hence why my, the delayed um weekend experience. But I did do a Christmas on call and um I think it's nicer than being a reg on call. You oh, wow. don't get as many queries, definitely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. You may get the difficult questions, but it's not an issue to deal with those. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I found it okay.
3: Yeah, it's, it's less stressful because you're checking reports that have already gone mm. out rather than having to issue that report in a time-pressured fashion. Um, I've tried to force myself to look at scans fully, like as if I was looking at them first time round, rather than mm. just... Yeah. glance through them and read the red report and say agree yeah. um because it's kind of tempting to do that especially if you see a senior register reported it Um uh overall it's it's, it's less stressful isn't it yeah. So, yeah, definitely. and it's less frequent
2: yes exactly
0: you know when people call us in the hub asking for mris and we say um, we don't import those can you call the mm. consultant do you ever accept them out of uh, hours
2: so we have a we have a certain um, protocol in entry where we don't accept really MRs there's no provision for MRI apart from metastatic cord compression yeah. so they need to have a really good reason for wanting an MR out of hours
3: but at least you've got the Walton Centre nearby that's true if it is a valid request you can say "Go there, the yeah. Walton Centre's mm. got
2: yeah if it's I haven't
3: actually had to deal with a, an MRI phone call out of hours yet yeah. but I've, I'm told they're getting more frequent but there's actually no radiographer around mm. for MR between 7pm and 7am. So oh, right. that, It would have
2: to be the CT radio, which is why you'd have to think through it very and, carefully. You're going to be taking the radiographer away from doing on-call mm-hmm. But CT. they're not
3: necessarily all trained on MRI. Are they? Oh, right. Um, I think. So, yeah. um, and I've told, been told that the national guidelines say suspected cord requiring needs to be done within 24 hours. Mm. So that's well within, if you do it first thing in the morning, that's yeah. well within the time limit. So that's uh, our situation at the moment but I've yet to properly had to deal with it yet you've been called in for ultrasound (laughs) I I haven't had that pleasure yet either Um, uh, no but I've heard that that does happen and that that will be a pain because I live about 40 minutes away Um, Pediatric, yeah, (laughs) to a certain extent we're close enough to Older Hay that I think if the clinicians were really worried about someone Mm. they might just send them straight to Older Hay Um, the one thing I have been called about that took a, quite a while to sort out was a um, an abdominal scan that one of the surgeons was really worried about the patient and the report that the reg provided didn't quite tally with the surgeon's assessment and looking at the scan the reg had kind of seen some of the findings but mm. not really pulled it all together um, mm. so that took a while and I was glad that I had the laptop at home to be able to look through that and I think that was a Good use of the consultant yeah. because the mm. the surgeon was very concerned. The report uh, didn't quite fit with their clinical assessment, so they wanted um, a kind of se- more senior pair of eyes to tie together this quite complex scan. Mm.
0: That rings a bell. I don't know if I was on call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't one of mine. But, uh, uh, um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. one of yours. <laughs> uh, the, how how does it work with using the home laptop, Because I know the resolution isn't mm. as good as the the screens we're reporting on. So.
2: So I have a home reporting station which is definitely a blessing. Right, okay. Especially when you're on call and you need to check things in your pyjamas. <laughs> in your pyjamas. <laughs> so it's of just course. as good as what you've <laughs> got in work. Um I think it's almost as good as what you have at work. I do notice there is a slight difference in the resolution, but it's definitely good enough to diagnose and report from.
3: And <laughs> um, we don't have proper reporting stations at home unfortunately, but we have on call laptops that you can take home but they've recently been upgraded so they're actually quite decent now. Okay. okay. Um, and they've got something like 16 gig of RAM and can load up images really quickly, and I connect the laptop up to a separate monitor so you can have both Chris and Pax open at the same oh, time, good which good. makes it yeah. closer to what you're used to at work, so you don't have to keep flicking between windows, which used to be really annoying on a laptop. So when, it, when you have to use it, it's fine, actually.
0: Okay, so generally, what's the work-life balance like as a consultant, and how is it different to being a Reg?
2: Um... I have more time. More time? <laughs> I think, I mean, the on calls are definitely less frequent. So, right. um, and it depends on you how you work out your job plan. I mean, you can have early starts, late finishes, and.
0: Some of these job plans I've heard are outrageous, like a day Outrageously up, a day good. <laughs> <Arrangeously> good yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three days a
3: week, some home reporting.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it
2: depends what you negotiate and how many PA sessions yeah. you want to do. Um,
3: you want to tell us a bit about your job plan?
2: So, I don't have a. I work, I go to work every single day, so five days, oh. I have two half days <laughs> rather than one full... That's <laughs> a substitute for a <laughs> I know! <laughs> <laughs> well I've been told that apparently that's unusual, That's <laughs> why I'm saying it, yeah. I don't have a day off. <laughs> I have two half days, which I, okay. I actually like, yeah. hence I can spread my life admin <laughs> throughout <laughs> the week. <laughs>
3: And are you 10 PAs?
2: I am 10 PAs, yeah. What about you?
3: So um, my job is also a 10 PA job and I don't come in on Tuesdays. Okay. Um, but once a month the PEDS MDT is on a Tuesday so I come in for that morning to do mm. the prep and the meeting but then get that time back in, in lieu. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to have a day off in the week to be able to sort out your life and mm. go to the gym. Yeah. I've actually been to the cinema on my own on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon as well. <laughs> Uh, Living your best life, absolutely <laughs> luxurious. Uh, yeah, um, and and say- so I would actually yeah oh, right. <laughs> go to a you little matinee, <laughs> get yourself some popcorn. Um, I'd say the work-life balance is is much better, and because the on calls are infrequent, mm. I have been picking up quite a lot of extra work mm. in saving up a deposit for a to move house, and that's the only time when I've felt the, a bit stressed and a bit overwhelmed by work is when I've. Picked up lots of extra work yeah. and had to find time to fit it in. Mm. But even with that, unlike being on call as a, as a trainee, you can choose when you pick up the extra work. So you can choose which weekend yeah. you do rather than just being told it's that weekend. And if you, you want to go to a, a wedding or something, then you need to find a swap. Mm. Um, so it, yeah. you, you can take as much as you want, really. And it's nice to have the option to, to do the extra work when you need some extra money. And it's nice that if you just do the, the day job, mm. it's, um, it's fairly chilled. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so having successfully made the transition just yourselves,
0: um, what advice do you have for trainees to make sure that they don't get caught out?
3: Um, As we touched on earlier, I'd say definitely do your research in the department you're working in. Make sure their ethos is similar to yours. Make sure that you know how the the work is allocated. Um, Make sure you know who the, the managers are and have a think about if you were working in that department, Who would you ask questions to? Who would you have as your your mentor? Um, Have they had any new consultants start recently? Do they know what it's like to help a consultant bed in? Or is it somewhere where people have kind of come to halfway through their career and hit the ground running? Um, So I'd say, yeah, think about all those things. As well, think about the the job plan and enter into a negotiation. Um, There's always got to be a bit of give and take. You tell Mm -hmm. them what you can provide to the department. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you what they need from you as a, as a consultant and there'll be a, a bit of give and take. You can't always do the thing that you enjoy doing all day, every week. Um, you still have got to do the acute CT and the plain mm-hmm. films and things. Um, but uh, yeah, just try and align the, the department you want to work with, with your values.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And I think as registrars, we're not exposed too much about job planning. Yeah. I definitely found that quite a new territory when I came to it. So I would definitely recommend speaking to junior consultants, even senior consultants because they would have had experience with job plans changing over time and um, discussing what you would like to do. I think agreeing on a job plan that you are happy doing the type of work you want to do is definitely important. It's not going to stay, it won't be the same job plan for the rest of your life, it will change, but at least when you start you'll be comfortable. And I was told, so this was three months into being a consultant and um, I heard someone say that you should definitely negotiate and you should feel empowered because yeah. the department definitely needs you <laughs> and they are willing to negotiate.
0: I think that's something which I'll definitely need to take on board because they have their sort of mm. negotiating position and you have yours, yeah. and you need to try and meet somewhere in the middle, but mm-hmm. they will always try and... Um,
2: they have services then. Yeah, to exactly. Yeah. And
0: offload stuff onto mm. you that maybe isn't as desirable.
1: And um, but you always feel as though they're going to have the upper hand yes, that's, okay, yeah. the that's
2: right which is why you should feel, yeah. why mm. should feel empowered you are in the power position <laughs> most departments they need, need radiologists they need don't they?
3: Yeah. Uh, certainly at this moment in time we're an in demand commodity
0: mm. and um, in terms of
3: from a sort of
0: clinical perspective registrars nearing the end of their training what can we do to prepare ourselves
3: for a consultant
2: life I think focus on your um, clinical work mm-hmm. do as much as you can then you'll be comfortable when you start as a consultant
3: and start verifying things on your own once yeah. you pass your 2B um, get over that hurdle um, that yeah. mental hurdle of thinking right I'm clicking this and it's going yeah. off and mm-hmm. the next person who read it will be the, uh, the clinician without yeah.
0: so like ST4 should I be verifying CT heads I should probably be verifying myself yeah. CTPAs
3: check with the consultant you're working with of course but yeah those are the sort of things you will have seen plenty of them on call to be confident about and conversely to know when you're not confident and you do need to ask someone and once you've got over that hurdle the next thing to think about is those bits of the consultant job that maybe we don't do much of as a reg like protocoling MRs and Mm. vetting things like that's another thing that you can start doing more of in your fifth year because Mm. that will be part of your
1: your job it's Mm. probably MDT exposure as well I know we have to do a certain number of MDTs per year to get signed off at ARCP, but probably yeah. not the same as actually feeling prepared to run MDT and field the questions and stuff. I, would vote, I hope
3: for you, in your last at least 18 months of training, you're running an MDT once a week because yeah, you do need that experience of standing up in front of your colleagues and not bumbling over your words too much, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we've done this evening, <laughs> 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 and, and, and sounding like you know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: And I do think an MDT is a great way to get up to speed in a, a specialty like I was mm. in the lung MDT review gym, and now I feel quite comfortable and making management decisions about lung nodules and so on. And at ancient, I'm actually tempted to try out doing different MDTs because I think if I do an MDT for maybe three or four months, I'll be quite comfortable in mm. that
3: particular area. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I think any specialty your increases your skill if you know how the clinicians think, yeah. and that's yeah. a, a good way of. Uh, interacting with the clinicians at an MDT and you start to learn um, how they think about conditions what questions they want you to answer with your reports exactly yeah
1: yeah Yeah, that's something that i found really useful with cardiac cts when there's a cardiologist there you're learning about the clinical implications of what you're saying Mm. in the report and how they're going to act on that yeah it's
0: great so okay guys i think that's about it for this episode um thanks so much for sparing your evening to talk to us and i'm sure our listeners thank you i'm sure this would have found those first-hand accounts Really interesting and useful, especially for those trainees approaching the end of their training like us. So, thank you. And yes, perhaps it you. will help to allay some anxieties. Are you less anxious, Jamie? A bit, yeah, a little bit.
1: So, yeah, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, you can catch all our previous episodes on all major podcast platforms and also at anchor.fm forward slash radcast. Uh, We'll be back next month with another episode, but for more updates in the meantime, check out our social media channels at Radcast Podcast on
2: Twitter and at Rad.cast on Instagram. Bye. 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 Bye.